I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. sure in the intro I fangirled a bit this is a really big honor and exciting podcast for me it's exciting to have an exciting conversation and uh, Kim thank you so much for coming on the show I'm so happy to be here thanks for coming <laughs> what is currently lighting you up most in this season of your life oh wow um well it's interesting you know just before you hit record just now um you were talking about how you burned your hand or or Right, foot arm. and hand, foot, foot and, hand. and arm, yep, all right. over. Making coffee, and then you were putting yep. aloe on it and saying like how great it, it feels. Yes, and yes. So what's currently lighting me up is that I have this new deck and guidebook coming out this summer in July. It's the fourth and final of the Wild Unknown series. So first was the Tarot deck, then Animal Spirit, and then the Archetypes deck, and then the Alchemy deck comes out this summer. And what's so cool is that, you know, we can get so heady and intellectual about our spiritual practices and spirituality and esoterica. And really what alchemy does is brings us back to this really basic reality that we are in as humans in a physical body. Yeah. That the coffee or the water or whatever it was this morning was a few degrees too hot for your skin to tolerate. Right. And that tiny discrepancy in the degree of the water 
does has a huge effect on your body and you're still feeling the effect of that. Yeah. Yeah. And we think of these things as such a small deal and it's actually our body's ability to stay at 98.6. Right. And sustain itself as a physical being is such a miracle. It's so freaking phenomenal. Right. It's constantly it, whether we're in warm or cold climates or whatever age in our life or whatever's happening, it's constantly recalibrating. And there's this beautiful opportunity in this sort of mundane example of like, you know, you logging on and saying, oh, I have a burn and I'm putting aloe on it, <laughs> of, of knowing that alchemy is always at work. Yes. And your knowing of, oh, I got to find like uh, some sort of hodgepodge yep. remedy for this. You know, I don't need to go yeah. to the ER, but like, yeah. what do I need? And we know that you need yes. something cooling. Exactly. So the cooling goes on the burn and the inflammation starts to subside. And therein lies a very sm small, but really beautiful example of the alchemist at work in the world. <sighs> I knew there was a reason I brought this up right away. And I knew that there was a reason. You know what? There's a reason this happened this morning. <laughs> so I could physically feel that alchemy, which I, 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 as I was telling you, I was putting on the aloe gel and I was like, it's so cooling. And you're like, there's the alchemy. Yeah, we feel it when the remedy is, I want to say right, or when the remedy is a remedy, it, we feel it in every part of our being. We don't need to be told. You don't need to like go yeah. look at a blog right now. You just know like, right. oh, this is good for the burn. Oh, and it was, yes. And why this makes me so excited. Sorry, I could like go on and on about the burn example. I love it. Well, one thing <laughs> while studying alchemy and trying to compile this deck for people, one of the main issues for me was inaccessibility of the subject. Mm. People thinking, myself included, that alchemy is something that happened that people researched it, that it occurred in certain centuries in Europe and that there were alchemists then. And now we're kind of these like, I keep using the word hodgepodge, but we're <laughs> these kind of hodgepodge beings. We're like, I got some tinctures over there. I know a breath practice. I do some therapy and sometimes I do this, you know? And, and really what's helpful about acknowledging you knowing the remedy involves this simple equation of cooling mm -hmm. is that we can see that alchemy is always happening. We are always engaged in this journey of being physical beings that also crave a sort of mystical or spiritual experience. And it's, it's constantly unraveling now we don't have to be scholars in, you know, medieval Europe um, <laughs> in our laboratory. The, the laboratory, so to speak, is the body and it's now. Oof. And hopefully the deck is a way to get people interested in some of the concepts that are consistent in the many cultures that have studied alchemy over the over the centuries. I have chills. So beautifully said. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how one incident I just felt like sharing when we got on line really 
turn into this beautiful sentiment and message that everyone can has been there. Everyone has experienced the burn, but everyone has been in that position. And then you share this and it happens to translate and also relate to the beautiful artwork that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, it's exciting that how the example is everywhere. It is. And it's in, I mean, even this like kind of archetype of like the burn, if we yeah. put that in quotes and just kind of like unpack that for a sec. <laughs> it can happen literally with the coffee. Yeah. It can happen in relationship. Yeah. There's this like discomfort and heat or a kind of temporary wound or scar. And so if we look at it alchemically, if we stop taking it like personally for a second and like get into a sort of blame game situation, if we say like, hold on, I recognize in the relationship there's excess heat. So what can be done? And the first thing the alchemist might notice is like more heat is not going to help. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like time and cooling Mm-hmm. And then finding whatever it might be that brings a cooling quality to the self or the mind or the body or the relationship. Yeah. So it's super helpful if we can put our al- alchemical hats on, <laughs> or as I say in the guidebook, it, that alchemy is like a perspective on life. It's taking on a certain perspective as life as experiment and if we can do that, then we start to see how these issues in our lives, whether it's the burn or the freeze mm. or whatever it might be, it's not. It's a it's a universal experience, and there are remedies. It is, and you're talking about life as experiment, and that this is a perspective that you approach in this piece. I want to hear more about that, but before we even dive into that, I'd love to hear your story about what led you down the path of artistry and creating decks and books and even music and more for a living. You are a well multidimensional artist, well-rounded. Thank you. Art making has always made sense to me. It's the it's the answer or solution or experiment that that makes the most sense to me in this world. Uh, I find creativity is like so generous and so mysterious and so accessible in terms of just finding a pen and, and paper or making sound, you know, chanting or whatever it might be. And I just turn to it all the, all of the time. It's my ever reliable, um, it's, it's the ever reliable chariot in my, <laughs> that's driving my life really. So whether it's music or, or um, drawing. Drawing is really my heart of hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then writing and music making. And somehow along that path, my interest in esoterica and and kind of the other world, yeah. the, the wisdom that is unseen, that brought me to draw the tarot deck in 2012 as a self-publish. And that's led me on 
Well, it's now been a 10-year path. Wow. So the tarot deck was the first of the four decks and the alchemy deck is the final one coming out this year. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. And I know you, well, you just said that you started to get into esoterica and you've been a longtime yogi and engaged in shamanic practices. And I'm just curious how the, these practices have influenced your work, if at all. They definitely have. I sometimes wonder about that first tarot deck and like, why did it, you know, what's the energy behind that deck? How did it go from being a self-published in my studio, <laughs> home studio apartment to being now in, I don't know, eight, seven, eight, nine languages like yeah. across the globe. It's very, it's very bizarre and it's worth wondering <laughs> what the hell, how did this happen? And I look at it a lot in terms of like, what were the ingredients you know, speaking of alchemy, I love looking at art projects and asking what were the ingredients at play that allowed this thing to really bloom? And that's not even things that I'm doing. It's also interfacing with a certain moment in time in, in our culture, what people are interested in. And um, it, it's so few of those ingredients are under my control. I want to be clear about that. It's not, it's not me. There's many (laughs) factors at play in all of the projects that we do. I mean, I'm sure that there's a large part of you two and the energy you were in at that time or the feeling or whatever the expression was that just moved through you and its influence, not only people who have bought the deck and connected with the deck, but to be honest, I feel like it influenced a lot of other artistry when they create tarot decks today. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. That's amazing. How do you feel about that? I just feel totally awestruck and blessed by it. It's just mind-boggling <laughs> to me. It makes no sense. The only sense I can really see in it is that I have been drawing for a very, very long time and earnestly making images and blessed to have a really amazing teacher who was very uh, adamant that there was energy that you could instill in drawings, that drawings actually were living, that they would come to life and they could like communicate with people. So that was my background. And then the time I started drawing the deck was the same time that I kind of gave up on this other narrative of my life around being a New York gallery artist. Mm. I had just had a show and had these big 12 foot by six foot drawings. And I thought that was my path. And for for, um, several different reasons and circumstances that came together, I moved out of my studio. My last show didn't sell. And I was like, I don't know what's next, but something's got to give here. And I went, I started Uh, a daily meditation practice and mantra practice. And I started studying in earnest this idea of like Agni, you know, speaking of alchemy. Agni is like the Sanskrit word for fire or the life force that's at, you know, supposedly origins. It's stored in the navel center, but it illuminates the whole body and the being and gives us self-esteem and clarity and I started trying to make sense of these things. Like, what is mantra? What is this sound? What is this light inside of us 
what is the shadow inside of us and how do all these ideas translate into images like can someone feel that when they look at the strength card and they see the lemniscate on the forehead of the lion can they sense the strength does that somehow activate a strength in them Ooh. like yes. i i just started tri- tripping out on all these things and yeah. meanwhile i was doing doing my own doing my own work my own study of the light inside of me and and the shadow inside of me and i think that's what came through in the deck a very earnest desire to expand my consciousness wow that's the only thing i can like it's all i can and maybe there's some like mantra magic in there too i have no idea but that's where i was at (laughs) That was some like amazing ingredients that definitely created alchemized something so beautiful. And I'm 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 amazed at where your deck journey has gone. Did you even envision this as a series, The Wild Unknown? No way. <laughs> no way. So how do you know that this how do you feel that this is the final deck? Was it just like this knowing or was this a decision? And why was it called alchemy? It was a knowing, right? It was a knowing as soon as I made that first deck and started to see what happened. Actually, I knew when I saw, saw the first card I drew, I was like, what is happening here? Oh, wow. And it was the hermit card. Wow. And I remember looking at my wall thinking like, something's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you get that almost like super psyched, but spooky yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, um and then when I saw it on insta and someone had posted their first tattoo from the deck I was like I had the same feeling uh wow (laughs) something's happening (laughs) and since then I felt like I have a certain obligation to do that project it's due diligence or to to really show up and kind of shepherd it yeah and so because of the see because of the way that i noticed the animals in the tarot deck really opened up some of the card meaning for people i was like wow the the creatures are really helpful for people then the second step was to delve into animal spirit deck which came out a couple of years later and while doing that then i started to study jungian psychology and i went back to school so I wanted to understand like, okay, if tarot is a car, a vehicle that's working for a few centuries, I want to understand its engine. That's amazing. So, that's really cool. So, so I went to um, Pacifica and studied Jungian psychology and archetypes wow. and alchemy. Yeah. And then came to the conclusion that I still believe that archetypes are what fuels the tarot Mm. the tarot deck is just a very honed group of 78 archetypal images and experiences they're just very effective that's amazing so what are some of the archetypes obviously not all but i'm just curious like what comes to mind to you right now of the archetypes that are always influencing these decks well the tarot has um 
you know, if you look, especially at the marrow, uh, pardon me, the, the major arcana, it's basically a list of 22 archetypal images and instances in life, starting with the fool. Okay, this is pretty awesome. So if you are into science-backed products when it comes to your health, your gut health, but also woman-owned products, I must introduce you to Equilibria. I'm so thankful I discovered them this year. I mean, Equilibria, they help you take on your wellness journey knowing that you have a dedicated one-on-one -on -one support to help you achieve your goals. So it's not like you're just taking a pill mindlessly. You actually get one-on-one -on -one support. That's awesome. And their signature product, which is EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense, it comes in a convenient three-in-one capsule form. And so this is specifically formulated to bolster digestive health and fortify gut barrier protection, among other benefits. And we know that a balanced gut not only enhances our immunity, but also contributes to our overall mental well-being and our quality of sleep, of course, having efficient digestion and even radiant skin. But what distinguishes Equilibria's probiotic supplement is its meticulous selection, which is tailored to women's health needs. And of course, like I said, science-backed, and they're also ensuring affordability without compromising potency. And as someone who once struggled pretty severely with gut health issues for years, I intensified my focus on gut health in, I'd say around 2020 and I'm thrilled to have recently discovered these products this year as of course they're backed by research for women's well-being, they're women-owned, and they support overall microbiome health, warding off harmful bacteria and enhancing our nutrient absorption. So head to myeq.com and use code MAGIC for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com com and use code magic at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code MAGIC for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. And going, right, going to right. the world. Right. So it's like archety archetypes 
are the power behind the tarot. That's why they are so timeless, mm. the cards. Wow, that makes sense. Well, well, that's why the third, the third deck was archetypes. And then as I was studying all of these things, there's this play of the elements in the tarot. You've got the four suits, the, the wands, the cups, and they're associated with cups is associated with water and, you know, pentacles with earth. So there's this constant nagging uh, structuring force of the elements. And so underneath all of it and the engine of the car that's fueling the tarot is like the, 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 the planet and the, or the earth that we're on. And that's really alchemy. So, so this is a circu circuitous, you, you didn't interrupt the thought. It was a very circuitous way of getting to the point that that's why alchemy is kind of like a, a final piece for me is because I feel like it gets to the underlying um, ecosystem that we all live in, the, the body here on earth, which is floating in space <laughs> and alchemy. Alchemy is very interested in that. Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful painted picture and what a perfect closing chapter. I'm so excited for its release and which will be July 5th, by the way, everyone listening, which if they're listening to this on the day this releases, it'll be the day after. But I'm, I'm curious of your creation process for the deck as well, because I'm like, I wonder if she illustrates something that you know comes to vision and then from that she kind of feeds off its guidance or does she come with some sort of message and from that she illustrates what what is your process like uh, it's, it's a good question it used to be more strategic um and now it's very fluid and loose um, with the alchemy deck, I was drawing and collaging and writing the card descriptions sort of at the same time. I was doing a lot of dream work and work in Nidra around the images and what, what images want to come forward. Um, I mean, I, I'm most interested in sort of getting out of the way as much as possible. Like the, the archetypes deck I made using the pendulum for a lot of the decisions of which cards would be in the deck and what colors I would use on certain cards. I would just ask the pendulum and then follow it. And for the alchemy deck, I used more of images that were coming while I was in Shavasana or meditation and and I would just try to draw them. And in some ways, it feels to me like a very mysterious deck. I don't feel like I was ready to create that content. And I never feel like I'm ready to or, or have the right to <laughs> or am prepared enough right. or have figured it out enough to make any of the things I've made. But if I follow that train of thought, 
as any creatives know who are listening, you, you certainly don't get very far. Yeah. For example, there's the planet cards are in the alchemy deck and the planet cards are associated with the metals and the metals. There's also cards for each of the metals in the, in the deck. And since I made, since I made the deck, it's been about a year now since I stopped drawing and finished the guidebook. I've also been doing my meditations on those planets since then a couple of planets in particular that I do like a daily uh, like I do a daily prayer to, to and with. And I look at the guidebook and the artwork now, and I, it's it's wonderful. But part of me also cringes because I'm like, if I would have known what I know now about Mercury and Saturn, I would have done this. You know, I lament it. At the same time we have to be where we are as makers when we're making something. So it's um, alchemy and any study, any sincere study is totally endless. And it's okay to put something out that, that offers where you are at that moment. And I think the alchemy deck is like the very best I could do at that moment in my life. And if I would have waited till now to finish the deck and yeah, maybe the Jupiter card would have been quote unquote better, but for who, you know, mm. what, for who, <laughs> in what way? <laughs> so it was a balance for me trying to not make this work too like scholarly or dry. Right. And keep it very imaginative and metaphorical and sort of alive in the way that alchemy is. Yeah. Alchemy is a total mess. I love like, that. Exactly. And and it should be really fun and wild for people to sort of enter the realm of this project, this deck. I hope it is. Yes. Well, and that's the way it is also timeless as our lives are messy and they'll stay messy, but it'll be so nice to receive whatever message they receive when they open your deck that will likely more likely relate to them in that way. You uh, receive messages that pertain to the planets. And I'm just curious what that looked like in your meditations or how you connected with this information. Um, I, I mean, on the most basic level, I just, realized at some point that Google searching just doesn't work for me. <laughs> like if I'm going to get to know the qualities of Saturn, mm -hmm. I can definitely Google search and I can read some books and I'll see a bunch of stuff about it on Instagram. Yeah. And I start form forming this idea that's really, it's not archetypal. It's stereotypical. Mm. It's very small and it's very narrow. It's like Saturn is this. Mm-hmm. And anytime that feeling comes, I I get a little knee-jerk reaction that's like, really? And what if Saturn, what if we think about Saturn from like a feminine perspective? We stop this like Saturn as bad dad, mean dad. <laughs> you know? yeah. What if we do a switcheroo with with gender or color or the words we're using? What if we start using the opposite words? What if we ask Saturn directly what its energy is? 
So I just started as an attempt to help this deck be um, not something that just furthers stereotypes of, of all things. I, I felt like it was an obligation for me to start to build my own personal relationship with the planets because I would take the workshops and, you know, part of my studies at Pacifica was, was studying the cosmos and Jung's ideas of the planets in relation to alchemy and, you know, gold is linked to the sun and silver is linked to the moon and lead is linked to Saturn. So there's all these correlations and, I just felt like I had to approach it with more curiosity. So a long answer to your question is I just um, like say my, I speak to the planets in, yeah. in the morning as part of my meditation. That's beautiful. And I do it with a mudra that's linked to uh, different planets wow. um, with the fingertips. Yeah. This idea that the, the energy of the planets are within the, within the hands. So you'll see in palmistry, there's these labels of like the, the Venus mount and the um, Mercury finger is the pinky and the ring finger is the sun. So there's these different mudras in yoga that you, um, it's said that you can activate the, the energies of the planet. Mm. So all this stuff I take with a grain of salt. Um, and also I try out as an experiment. Yes. Instead of just judging it right away. I appreciate it when people actually try for themselves before they become too skeptical about certain things. And I think that's so beautiful that you connect with the planets in that way. Well, all I know is it works for me. Yeah. I now have a relationship with the planets that I didn't have two years ago. Right. And I would have to just run to the books or Google to talk to you about Mercury, and I would constantly be wondering if I'm saying something right or wrong. Whereas Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. I know that no matter what your experience is of it, and no matter how much you know from a scientific perspective or an esoteric perspective, that that I have an experience of Mercury that's very intimate and really mysterious and mesmerizing. And it's not like threatened by anything it's not right or wrong it's just um this very sweet relationship so i hope that the the deck you know drawing uh, a pluto card or drawing the whatever it might be iron or silver or salt that that people can start to build a relationship with and find magic in their own personal magic with some of these existing entities yeah i'm sure you've inspired this and you've inspired me to try a meditation where i find the mudra that i might have to google search though because i don't know the mudras for each planet (laughs) you know i might need a little google search for the mudra well in the deck there's so on the cards that are for the planets all of those cards have a hand. They have different <gasps> different friends I had um, hold, hold their hand in different positions according to wow. these mudras on the cards. And then you'll see a gold ball um, on the hand, a little collage piece of like bling that's, right. that's 
put in the place on the hand where it's, it's said that that energy resides. <gasps> oh so, my gosh, I can't. So it's in your guidebook. That's great. Yeah, and people don't have to know that or believe it or do anything with their hands or anything. Right, this is right. just, um, it's almost like overlaying different suggested or different suggestions from yeah. different lineages over the years, seeing what happens. So gold is connected with the sun, right? And silver with the moon. This is new to me. Mm. What are what what other metals are connected with? I guess if you can remember at, uh, right now, um, which you maybe can or can't, it's fine. But um, what metals are connected with each planet? Well, uh, mercury is mercury. I mean, it has the quick silver. Right. Um, you can also call it quick sil- silver. Uh-huh. And um, Mars is iron, which makes right. sense because Mars has that really strong, yes, willful war. Like, is associated with war a lot, and it it has this. Um, um, it's it's not. Well, it's different than Saturn, but both have a kind of rigidity or an upright sort of strength. Is that what you felt? connecting with Mars as well because I know a lot of people will say that Mars has this masculine energy you know but now that you've connected with the planets is that what you felt as well I haven't done as much work with Mars okay but I will say that the work I have done with Mars I'm very curious about reframing this is very far out. I just want to frame. This is I a just, podcast that, wanna... no, no, no. This is the podcast, so you're fine. Okay. <laughs> I just want to want to pose the question. What if Mars is thought of as a peacekeeper? In that it can contain the qualities that are conflict and warlike within its own domain. And it holds those energies so that they aren't everywhere. So one could say Mars is war. And one could also say Mars contains war, the warlike energies, as a way to provide more serenity or peace to the to, to the collective yeah so that makes, that makes total sense there's like you feel comfort when you watch a movie let's say like right now i love the show outlander and they're a bunch of them are warriors they're scottish warriors defending their land from the british but there is like this peace-like feeling because they are strong together and they are protecting their people and yeah there's there's that brings them peace well, it's it's interesting about the containment of it. It's like saying this is where the conflicting energy occurs. This is where war occurs. And that frees up the rest of the realm. Right. Um, so that so that the warlike energy is going to be there, but it's not spilling everywhere. <laughs> it's not in it's not like in Venus land. It's it's just <laughs> it, it, so I haven't worked with Mars a lot, but when I have that question continues to come up is like, what, what is Mars greater Dharma actually? What is that intention? 
I don't think it's just to war. There's some other, there's some other intelligence there. However, no one can ever prove us right or wrong. I know. <laughs> I know. Just... Very true. <laughs> but it's, it's nice to gather this. And I don't know why, but the word, the words, I guess, Boy Scout keep coming up or scouts. I don't know if that has anything to do with mm-hmm. Mars, but just, I keep hearing that as you're talking about Mars for some Wow, reason. wild. Wild. <laughs> Unknown. And then, well, right now, Mercury retrograde is taking place as we speak. I don't know. I think it ends shortly before this episode comes out, but do, have you connected with anything in that regard when connecting? It sounds like you've connected a lot with Mercury. Mercury is kind of my jam. Yeah. I just... I just love it. It has such a mesmerizing quality um, to me. And my, I feel like, you know, any of the archetypes, any of the tarot deck cards, any of the planets or animals or what have you, the more that we build relationship with them, it's just like a really cool friend. They get more complex and you start to see their shadow. You start to see their strengths. And it's like having a companion. And I feel that more and more with some of the planets that I'm consistent with. I have a, I just finished recording a record. I hadn't played music in 10 years since the deck, since the first deck came out really. And on the new record, which I don't have a release date for yet. We're just finalizing the mixes and master mastering the songs, but one of them is to Mercury. It's just like a, basically like a love song to Mercury. Oh, I love that. And that kind of came out of my study with of alchemy. What is the music? Is it called the Family Project or the Fam Family the band, Family Band? Family Band was my old. Okay. Yeah, it was my old band back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a solo project. It'll be under my name and and you know release release news to come. <sighs> But it's been really cool to kind of incorporate the concepts into lyrics and sound, you know. Absolutely! So. Wow, you you do so much. You're just always in a creative space, it seems, and it's really inspiring. I know that you also. Well, I read that you are turning your novel into a film as well, Blossoms and Bones. Is that correct? Yes, we're in the we're in the slow mysterious process of adapting it to we have the script now but yeah now we're in the kind of the financing and uh, building the team and setting production for hopefully next year that is wild that is amazing what a beautiful life it is to live a creative life and I read as well when it comes to your novel this is something I have to read and then I'll end up watching when it comes out but um I read this sentence and I just could not relate more I relate to this so deeply and I read after canceling her flight to wellness obsessed LA where Kranz had been secretly experiencing a debilitating eating eating disorder she finds her way to an ashram and seeks spiritual and creative refuge and I was like me and I'm sure many listeners as well had a very similar experience to this but this next sentence I wish I could relate to as like I said I'm not an illustrative artist but this intrigued me And it said, for 40 days, she relies on drawing the feeling as a way to realign her relationship to food, addiction, fertility, perfectionism, and the endless messaging of never enough echoing 
throughout current culture. Ah, beautiful. What does drawing the feeling look like? I just love that expression. Thanks. It's kind of as simple as it sounds and as hard as it sounds to do. Um, It means similarly to how we were discussing, like relating with the planets a few moments ago, it's getting quiet and sensing the feeling of whatever's going on, whether it's like agitation or annoyance or, or a sort of dead numb feeling in the case of the eating disorder, it was this constant agitated, um, constant agitation feeling, a sort of spinning, looping, um, unresolved thing that really does look so much like a scribble. Mm. It was like this, this uh, endlessly churning scribble inside of me. <laughs> and so I would just sit down um, and sink into the feeling amidst the total discomfort of doing so. And just, I started to draw, like let the feeling draw it, its own image. And they were, you know, the book starts out quite gnarly. It's hard to even tell what's what. The first few pages are literally scribbles and splatters and tangles. And then slowly a character starts to emerge as the days pass. And the character starts to tell a whole story in the form of a graphic novel. So that was the result of that sort of project in that period of my life that was uh, very so much turmoil and confusion and thankfully the art the art practice really led me through absolutely well that is that is something that I'm inspired to also try for myself even though I can scribble but I won't be able to fully draw a beautiful picture of what I'm feeling but I'd be able to draw something I feel And also, I'm just curious if you have any rituals or routines that get you into the creative zone. I'm very inspired by people's rituals and routines and how they approach their work. It's a great question. I think all artists and all humans need more energy. We need more energy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, If we're going to do anything that has any resistance. Right. So a lot of times people ask me a similar question, like, how do I get this book written that I want? How do I get it published or Mm. whatever? And I often think it's not about finding a publisher, even though that seems like the solution. And in some ways it is eventually in order to get the book and the self over the obstacle, over the resistance, you need to increase energy in the physical body and in the mind and the the confidence and resilience. So I think any practice that people have typically that are breath-based and getting the, the body to go back to this idea of Agni or fire at the navel to start summoning the energy that's inside of us so that we have more clarity and more to give. 
I think that's first the first step for artists. Um, it seems it can be frustrating to hear that. Like it, you're telling me, in order to get my book written, I need to go do ten minutes of breath practice, right? Right. Day? Like, what does that have to do with it? And I'm saying, yes, yep, yes, that is the solution because. Mm-hmm you do the breath practice and that leads to something else. You get a little bit more clear and you make one different decision through the day. And then you end up somehow with 45 more minutes because of the decisions you made and you end up writing. Or this is also a really common scenario. People start out with this idea. I'm going to start this blog or this book. Nobody does blogs anymore, but this podcast or this bloody blah, that's what, that's what's next for me is this thing. And they, they just envision themselves having to get to that thing. And if they start some kind of practice that generates more energy in the body, more prana, more life force, more clarity, more confidence, they soon find that's not even the thing I was aimed for. But what I actually know now is it's not a podcast. It's a, it's a painting. And I'm, I I can commit to 20 minutes of painting a day. And then they're doing the 10 minutes of pranayama and 20 minutes of painting. And that leads to something else that could potentially lead to a new relationship. It could lead to a new uh, job. Like we don't know, but where, wherever there's more energy, there's more clarity and there's more possibility. And so I'm always advocating getting more prana in the body. There's so many ways to do it. I could like go into a lot of different ways that are prescriptive, but, and maybe someday I I will do that because I, I really do think there's so many tools that are honed particularly for people who want uh, to open up creativity in their life. It, it, you, you can't go wrong with some kind of breath practice, some kind of seated meditation, and then some movement. you got to move. You know, if you look at like any, not any artist, but a lot of artists, you know, Stephen King wrote for five hours in the morning, and then he would go for these long walks to just integrate and assimilate. Joseph Campbell did the same thing. He, he was a reader and a runner. Mm-hmm. He he had this physical way of matching what was going on inside of him intellectually and spiritually. So it's like finding something that generates enough juice so that we can do what we want. Mm, absolutely. Do you have an example of just one breath practice that you tend to go towards? Well, breath of fire is pretty reliable. Yes. Three three minutes of breath of fire is very, very reliable. And similarly, um, alternate nostril, nadi shodhanam. Oh, yeah. That's great. Three minutes of that is, and I really mean like just three minutes. Just do three. That's it. There's something about that as well. And I think the more you do it, any of the breath practices, especially if you choose, I mean, of course, a lot of people like to vary it up and I totally understand that. But if you choose one, there's something I feel like that makes your mind 
reminds your mind like, okay, now we're about to go into this mode. Does that make sense? Like you do the thing yeah. and then you go into a certain mode. Yeah. It's a, it's a pathway maker. I yes. mean, breath of fire is going to be great. Like, you know, the first half of the day in the morning and at lunch or afternoon, yeah. pick me up. And then Nadi Shonam is just so, so healing. Right. So it's especially great for end of day and anxiety or just imbalance. Mm. It's so powerful, those two practices. That's beautiful. And I know that you have such a soothing and mesmerizing voice because as you were talking, uh, there's been a couple, or I'm in California and there's been a couple earthquakes and I've just been chilling. Like, okay. <laughs> and I feel so calm and soothed because of your Wait. voice. While we're talking? Yeah. <laughs> what part of California are you in? I'm in Palm Desert right now. Oh, I'm in Los Angeles in like Los Feliz area. Really? I didn't oh feel my gosh. anything. Well, maybe it's just down here, the Riverside area or Coachella, Coachella Valley. Wow. I felt one of that felt like one very mini one, but one that was a little more obvious and it was very short. Wow. I'll, I'll be Googling it after. <laughs> speaking of, I know, uh, speaking of alchemy, it's like the earth, you know? Right. I mean, that's what's so fun about, fun and important about taking on an alchemical perspective is you start to realize that we're just part of this giant ecosystem. And I know. Um, it's really important to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. Just about like our Insta feeds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, there's an actual life to live and experience. Physical world. Yep. <laughs> oh, I have to ask this for the other creatives who are listening and who are very inspired by you and your path. And they they would love to share their art with the world but they just don't know where to start. What advice or message would you give them? So the question, the scenario is they have art to share, but they don't know where to start or they don't know yeah. where to start making art. No, they, they have art to share or they know their vision. They've got their vision, but they just don't know where to start to share it with the world. I see. I, th I think it just goes back to the energy yeah. that they, they, that to stay with the whatever they're making mm -hmm. and to not stop the momentum of of creation so there's this thing that happens where it's like oh god this is so sad to me i i think of this a lot like where someone makes one book and then they get so um kind of stuck in making that book successful that they're just then doing that for a few years and they stopped with the joy of making a book. And, and so instead of thinking of it as like, this is one book that is getting me to my next book, people can sometimes stop the creative process and get very outward or external and they need feedback from the world. So it's important to stay with the momentum of whatever it is you're creating. Do not lose the connection of momentum with, with the art that you're making. So keep, first of all, keep making the art. And then second, I would say 
do not have a time frame in mind around what what and how and when the world needs to respond to you. I'll I'll put it I'll put it in personal terms as an example. Oh please. I I put out a book called ABC Dream. It was my first children's book. This was about a year and a half before I drew the tarot deck. Mm-hmm. I was convinced it was going to be like a bestseller kids book, super beautiful drawings of the alphabet and and it hadn't really been done in that style at that time. Right. And I ordered a thousand copies. I thought like, this is going to be a total hit. It looked like it would have been. I love the cover. Let me be very clear. It was not a hit. (laughs) I ordered a thousand copies and I think I sold a hundred. Okay. I thought they would be gone for Christmas and they weren't. Right. I remember moving out. I remember moving out of my apartment and the movers asked me, what are all these boxes of the same book for? Oh. And they were like, <laughs> I said, oh, it was a book that I, that I made. Um, it's a children's book. And one of them said, you know, my, my mom works at a library in, in Pennsylvania. They're always looking for books. If you don't know what to do with these, I, I'm sure I could drop them off at their library and kids would take them. Wow. And I was like, oh, God, this is so... I was crushed. I was mortified. That actually sounded a little serendipitous, though, at the same time. Right. I just took it at the at the time. I just <laughs> took it as completely insulting because oh, okay, I needed my book to be successful, right? In the way that I needed it to, right, right. So I didn't take him up on the offer. I just felt complete shame. Right. I stored the books under my bed and slept on you know, under. They were under my bed frame. Damn. <laughs> And I was pretty devastated. I uh, somehow it got photographed in some blog and I had a, a publisher contact me. Sorry, this is such a long story, but I, th- I love it. I think it's important. Yeah. So this publisher contacts me and says, we, this is a big publisher. They said, we really love your book. The, this alphabet kids book, we love to publish it, but can you take the alphabet out of it so that it's more applicable for an older audience? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, wait, how do you take the alphabet out of an alphabet book? Like, what? Tell me, explain to me what book would be left? <laughs> like, what would be in the book? That is wild. And, and this whole thing I just took as like insult after insult, as like, it was it was really right. rough on me at that time of my yeah. life as an artist and little did i know that there was this other project waiting for me the tarot was waiting for me to draw it and if i had had any more press or duties to support the success of that book i would have been kind of on a different trajectory suddenly as like a children's book author right ooh And so, but we make a thing to make the next thing. Yeah, It's like, we're really on a a one step, step by step path. Mm -hmm. So to go back to your question around creativity and how do people get their things out in the world? Out in the world is a phrase worth questioning. What does that mean? Mm. 
what, how do I know when I've gotten there? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, holding very close to the art itself and knowing no matter what this out in the world part of my life is looking like, I'm going to stay best friends with my creative process. And I'm going to stay best friends, even though sometimes they're annoying, with my personal practice, my spiritual practice that gives me energy. So whether it's like five minutes of breath of fire and five minutes of drawing every morning, that's my 10 minute practice. Meanwhile, I'm trying to build my business. Yeah, I'm doing my Instagram stuff. I'm sending out my e-com. I'm branding whatever website. But I am staying true to the core of the thing, which is the, the energy in my body that allows me to put pen to page. And that's, that's the place that I want to get people back to and and really having the highest reverence for rather than what does the world say in terms of likes or comments? Cause that's <laughs> a, that's like a, 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 a drain. It can be like a, a spa of like amazing, <laughs> you know, yeah. feedback to bathe in. And it can also be a total drain. Yeah. So what we are con- in control of is that, that morning decision to say five minutes of drawing, five minutes of breathing. I have major chills. That was so powerful, a very powerful message for a lot of people who also, who also just feel very stuck and blocked in their work. And I think that that in and of itself lit them a little bit, like a little spark inside of them, a message I needed to hear Kim. So thank you. Thanks for asking the question. It, I, I get very inspired when I can hear like the fire in me when I start talking about it. It just, I love, I it. Really, I love it. The forward facing thing, the outward facing artist, it, that's one part of the game. And we focus so much on it. Right. And um, I don't think any of the secret weapons are there. I think the secret weapons are behind the curtain, behind the stage, like in rehearsal and, you know, um, it's, it's far more mysterious than, than we all know. And, and, and the reasons some things hit and some things don't, we can't know those reasons either. So what we have to just stay aligned with is our own dedication to the craft and to our life force. Mm, Amen to that. Uh, before we move on a rapid fire, do you have any other messages about your uh, uh, the alchemy deck for the wild unknown? Well, I'm just excited for people to have it. The cards are hex shaped. That's so, so cool. They interlock with each other, and they in several of the readings <gasps> in the book, they they touch each other, and that gives certain meanings or implications to the cards that appear. And it's just been a really fun project. So I'm, I'm grateful for, for the publisher for saying yes to my zany idea of like, let's make these cards <laughs> hex shape. And they're like, okay. Um, so it's been, it's been a, a really beautiful ride with these four decks. Very grateful for everyone's support. 
You definitely pave a path in this space in so many ways. And this is this is just another way, just another avenue in which you are. The hexagon cards, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Brilliant. Thanks. So ready for rapid fire? Yes. All right. Coffee or tea? Tea. What kind of tea? Herbal. Mm. Do you have a favorite form of body movement? Dance. I love it. Where is your happy place? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like (laughs) India. Oh, I love that. Yes. That's one of my happy places, I'd say. Do you know your astrology big three? Yes. What are they? Taurus. Uh Uh-huh. I'm a Taurus with an Aries rising and a moon and Sag. For some reason, when you were saying this, I thought that you were going to say moon and Sag. (laughs) Animal you connect with most, if any. Am I overthinking this answer? <laughs> so like a time frame I have to be fast. No, you're you, you can take your time with any answer. I was just gonna say my cat. My, I mean, I, I feel so that. cat. I feel so cat like these days. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with cat. It's not very exotic, but <laughs> and some cats are exotic, you know. Yeah, she. My cat is very um, ethereal house cat so I kind of like that combo well there you go she is an ethereal house cat and therefore she's like looking at you like excuse me I am exotic yeah Thank you. <laughs> do you have a oh you've talked about it a little bit but not too much do you have a morning routine a specific morning routine yes I do I have a chanting practice and a breath practice and then if I have more time I have an asana set that that really helps me and um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's my morning. Uh, if you could gift everyone you know a book, excluding any of your own guidebooks, just a, a book, what would it be? Um, I think that it's, I think rereading The Alchemist. Actually, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'll, I, I said that. I'm going to take it back, but it's still, it's still in there a little bit. But I would. <laughs> I would read The Pearl by Steinbeck. Mm. It is it is such a short read and it is incredibly powerful. And something happened to me when I re- read it. I felt like it had so much power in it that I felt very changed. Really? Um felt very very changed by that book. That's beautiful. The yeah. Pearl. I'm going to remember that. The Pearl. The pearl and the pearl is a very just one more thing. I know this isn't rapid, yeah, but yeah. the pearl is a really important. <laughs> it's a really important image in alchemy. Uh, one of the cards is in the deck is called the the new pearl. I think that was important to add. Yeah, this irritant, this sand, this grit of the sand that eventually becomes over time and certain qualities and ingredients, it becomes the most valuable thing. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. I uh, I can't wait to see what the new drawings look like. Okay, so this is the last question that I ask all the Euromagic guests. How would you advise the Euromagic listeners to create their own magic? How would I advise them to create their own magic? Well, I want to just say, like, get into your, your body. Mm-hmm get to know your your body and your breath yes and you 
clearly do this whenever you enter your creative space and create your magic. I do. I mean, I have my own resistance to it as, as we all do, Right. but it never fails. Right. Like I don't have to pay anything or figure anything out or go anywhere or be anyone other than I am just at that moment with the breath that I have. And there's there's no untruths there you know there's no false fake news like anywhere Mm -hmm. in the physical body and it's um and the breath it's all very I feel very benevolent and very very kind Mm -hmm. it wants to be alive it wants to live so that's where I would go that's where I believe the magic is Ah. I can see that and I can feel that within you as well and how genuine and true and powerful you are and and you're in your expression. I love the way, Kim, how you articulate everything, the way you articulate everything. It's just beautiful poetic art in your speech throughout this entire show. And I had many chills and there's so many, uh, this was such an amazing episode. So I just must thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks Raquel so much for having me. Before you go though, where can everyone connect with you? You can find me on the gram. gram. I have my personal, personal feed is uh, Kim Kranz with a with an underscore and then the wild unknown which is the brand the name of the decks that have come out over the years is uh also on insta so find us there and can they pre-order everything because this will come out the day before your decks release so could they pre-order now as they're listening oh yes if you are listening this is good timing because i'll be teaching a workshop on i believe it's the 10th of January you'll find all the info in like the link tree on on my insta where people who pre-order can go to uh an online a live online workshop with me it'll be 90 minutes and it's moderated with my dear friend and really amazing um yogi and I'm going to be going through a practice that will uh activate the decks so it'll be a little bit of like how to use the deck but I think more importantly we're going to activate them so that (sighs) when you start to use the deck you you have a way to kind of get in there ah that's that's almost necessary (laughs) it's super necessary people don't really talk about it but it's i didn't do it for years and then once i did i was like oh this is a game changer right it totally changes the game so you said january 10th but do you mean july 10th i meant july yeah, so well, that's what I thought. Okay, just a few <laughs> days after people get their decks, um, they'll be that. you know fresh in the mail, and then we'll go through this activation practice, and and there'll be a Q and A and stuff like that. But it should be cool. I think there's like amazing, a really good group of people uh, already signed up. So if people pre-order, they can put the code in and <gasps> sign up for the workshop. So everyone listening, you have a day. Hurry up. <laughs> Yeah, hurry up. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. Oh my gosh, Kim, thank you so much again for the umpteenth time coming on the show. This has been absolutely amazing. Thanks so much. It's been a real sweet time. Yomis, that is a wrap. I hope this episode was expanding for you in some way, shape, or form. Feel free to visit our site at 
yourownmagic.com or check out my shop eyesofaspen.com connect with the other your own magic listeners we would love to see more conversations started on the your own magic facebook group so with all that being said thank you so much again for tuning in and i hope you have a magical rest of your day